swept the technique. You're back with the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Blank. I'm Branham. 713-780-ESPN. HRMP listener line. It looks like Kansas City is going, the reports are, that they've placed the franchise tag on Algerius Sneed, but they're going to trade him, which is frowned upon about the NFL, but they're just going to slap you on the wrist. They can't do anything about it. So if the Houston Texans feel that the price is too high on John Grenard, which what he's demanding, what he and his agent want, we know the franchise tag is a little bit north of $20 million for a defensive end. If the price is too high for John Gernard, so the, should the Texans do what it looks like Kansas City's going to do, slap the franchise tag on John Gernard, and then look to trade him this offseason? Look, I, I think that we talk about this all the time when it relates to guys with impending free agency. Do you get something for them before they walk out the door? Or do you just play it out and then do it the, from the Astros' perspective because you were so good? Well, the season's over in the NFL, so you don't have to worry about that. So the only question that I have for you in rebuttal to that would be that are you willing to take it? Do you, do you have the trade worked out already so that you're not left holding the bag and, and then you just franchise tag him and trade him? Or do you franchise tag him looking to trade him but then run the risk of you can't find a partner and then you have him for one more year at yeah. a very large number? See, that's, that's the risk for me is not that big of a deal. Like, oh, I get John Grenard one more year? Sign me up. Now, it's higher, a little higher than you would want. A little higher than what you want, but that's a very small risk for what could be a bigger reward. Now, you need to know the cap game. You need to know the free agency market, like because there are compensation picks for NFL free agents. I'm not sure the exact formula. It's based on like what they get paid. Uh, actually, third round, top five percent of free agents in the offseason, based on the salary that they get, get a third rounder. Top five to top ten, fourth rounder, and then it tears down. So you're probably looking at a fourth round pick. For John Grenard, I, I don't think he'd be top 5%. Maybe. Oh, you're looking at Maybe. what? Minimum two corners. He's probably not the highest rated pass rusher or defensive lineman. You're going to have yeah, there's a ton of free agents. Matabike and you have um, Kansas Josh City. Josh Allen's uh, going to get more. Josh, but Chris probably get Frank, Chris Jones. Yeah, unless, which, unless he gets tagged. Um, so, like, there's a bunch of moving parts on what he, his percentage is going to be based on the average salary that he gets. So, I feel safe saying a third, fourth-round pick. I, I probably right. a fourth. Mm-hmm. Probably a fourth. But a third, fourth-round pick. So, if, if what you get in a trade is a third-rounder, it's probably not worth doing this. This is where Nick Casario needs to have his hand on the pulse uh, to understand what the trade market would be for John Grenard. Now, if you just say, well, if Grenard left, we get a third or a fourth rounder. If you And you don't want to pay Grenard, then you should tag him and trade him for a second. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if you feel like you can get a second rounder, I don't think you get a first for Grenard. If you feel like you can get a second rounder, it makes more sense for your organization to tag him and then trade him because that's better than a third or fourth rounder that you would get if he left in compensation the following year. The second part to this is you get the pick a year earlier because the compensation yeah. pick doesn't come into the following year. So if you let Grenard walk this season, now you're looking at a third or fourth round pick in the 2004 uh, 50, uh, 2025 draft. Yep. Whereas if you tag them now and just trade them for a second, which doesn't seem like this great, huge return, but it shouldn't be because this team's going to have to pay the contract for John Grenard. If you can get a second for him, you do it. You yeah, do it. Because you knew he was leaving anyway, and you might be able to get a, a, a pass rusher at, at, at depending on where the pick is in the second round or fill another need. But at the same time, 
if you're those, I think I'm sure there's plenty of general managers that love what John Grenard put on tape last year. But I'm sure that those general managers, some of them still have the same concerns that we do. That over the course of his career, he has a problem staying healthy. So if you get him in the trade, yeah, maybe you give up a little bit more by giving up a higher draft pick. But at the same time, you're not on the hook for those two or three extra years that you know he's going to be asking for if he just hits the market. Todd, the show, uh, who said that Matt Forte has had more NFL rushing yards than Earl Campbell today on Twitter. I wonder what he was trying to do with that tweet. He says, well, I mean, he's not. He's technically right. He's just trying to stir it up a little bit. Uh, he says they'd end up getting stuck with him. Okay. Like, is that the worst thing in the world? You get a double-digit yeah, the- sack guy and $20 million deal, and then you let him leave the following year, and now, now you just get your compensation pick uh, even further down the road. But you get the year of John Grenard's service. The, the risk here is not a risk. The risk here is, cool, I got a great player for a rental, slightly more than I'm willing to pay, but you have all this money anyways. And you knew he was going to leave regardless, so at least you either get something out of him one way or another. You get another year of John Grenard to truly see what he could do, but at least if he picks up where he left off next to Will Anderson, that's a great sign unless he has a sprained ankle. And then you also look at the fact that you're not on the hook for those extra couple of years, but but you're basically facing the, the reality. He's gone either way, right? So you get something for him because now on the one-year deal, if he plays his tail off, he's gone either way. One, he's pricing himself out of the market, and, and, and two, you're not going to pay that. So you just, you're going to have to watch him leave regardless. You'd like to get something for him. The second round, it makes it makes it a no brainer. If you can get a second, you obviously do it. They're like they're really only concerned with like what he would get paid is if, if it would prevent you from doing something else in free agency with a major free agent. But I think we're all in agreement that the Texans wouldn't be going out and spending twenty million dollars on another free agent yeah. anyway. So it really, wouldn't preclude you from doing anything in the offseason. My only minor concern is you run into a situation, and we've talked about this, Joel Offair, where players don't trust Daryl Morey. They don't trust certain GMs. You don't want to put Nick Casario in a spot, or Nick Casario shouldn't put himself in a spot. Maybe players don't trust him by being a GM seen as doing a move like this, and maybe that costs you you know, down the line. I know it's, it's, a, it's a minor concern. It's I, a minor concern. I couldn't care less about this. I well, if, it, if it keeps you from re-signing a player or, or, or signing a free agent you want down the line. Why would it that, do that? Like the, the well, player is going to – if you give the player if, what he wants from a financial point of view, he's going to resign. Probably. And years. I, That's I, the again, thing, too. Again, I stress, it's a minor concern. It wouldn't prevent me from taking the second-round pick, yeah. but it would just be in the back of my head about maybe that's something we need to look forward or look look at, look at uh, in the future. And, and secondly, from a Gernard, like the risk here is that he stays for a year. Oh, well – he still has to go produce. It's still a contract year. Mm-hmm. He can't just fade into the oblivion, as Mike Tyson would say, and have a terrible year because it's going to hurt his career earnings. So it's still on a prove-it deal like he was this past off season. Now he's going to be a little bit richer because he's going to make $20 million plus uh, that following season. The risk here is, is very, very minor. The reward here is great because you go from instead of a third or fourth to a second and then also you're getting it a year earlier. I would probably even do it for a third. Like if you couldn't get a second. Like if you say if you right now you're in, you know, Nick Casario's, you know, whatever office at his desk and he's saying, "Okay, I know I can get a third round pick for John Grenard this year. That's all I can get. I can only get a third rounder for John Grenard. We tag him, we trade him for a third round pick. That's all I can get." I still rather have the third rounder this no, year no. than either a third or fourth the following year. No question. And you also believe that you're getting something for him 
while letting him walk out the door when you're probably not as interested and you were never as interested to pay him the 20-plus anyway. So it's not going to be on your books. You find a home for him. He gets the money he's looking for elsewhere, and you get a bet, at least as good or better a pick based on what you're saying. Either you get it with more recency in this year's draft or you get a higher draft pick because I truly think it's going to be a fourth-round pick uh, in terms of the Probably. compensatory. So I think you do upgrade it a little bit, and every little bit helps. You know, like Nick likes to move up anyway so and make trades and wheel and deal. This time, you get an extra third-round pick. That could translate to a starter for you somewhere. I'm in favor of tagging and trading. If you feel the price is too high, and I get the sense they feel the price is too high. 8946, why give up a second for potentially one year of a player? Talking about the receiving end. Uh, says a second for Grenard. Chase Young and Montez Sweat got second and third, respectively. No way Grenard gets his two in return, likely at third at best. Okay, well, I'll still do it for a third. Yep. Now, the reason that a team would do this is you're not trading for the rental. Whenever you make you're this extended. trade, you're making, you're, you will have an extension done before you make the trade so basically the texans would tag the player in this case john grenard he would be on their books for next year they're going to have him in the offseason while they discuss a trade with another team and then if they agree to terms and a lot of times the general managers in these spots they tell the agent go find the partner go find the trade partner mm-hmm. you tell me where grenard wants to play you go do the work for me you find the team and then the team and i will have a conversation what is fair market price blah 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 so when the team is trading for john grenard they're going to have an extension done so why give up a second for for john grenard well you're getting a defensive end that you want that's a double digit sack guy that's still fairly young who would be making about 20 million dollars in free agency anyways so you can guarantee you have the player and someone else does not now sweat with the bears got his deal done and that was part of the deal but chase young did not but didn't sweat get it after the deal like it wasn't it wasn't at the time of the trade yeah the trade was made and they felt confident that they were going to get a deal done, then they got a deal done. In the case of Chase Young, I think it was the Niners just basically saying, we're willing to make this move just to really kind of fortify our push, and we're also going to be able to evaluate them along the way. And if we lose them, then we lose them because they're already so darn good, especially on their defensive line, where they had a little bit more leeway than the Bears, and their draft picks weren't as high. But, yeah, one got done, one got one didn't. But it's just it depends on the, the situation the team is in as well. But I, I think that you'll find that most guys do their homework and have discussions before they even entertain a trade like this. Yeah, I'm a, um, I, I'm a fan of doing it. Now, you do have to have a sense of the market. You have to have a sense of the market because if you do this and all you get to fourth, it's not really worth doing it, although it's still a wash. Like, it's still probably going to be a point. wash. Yeah, just- and that's that's part of the reason that I like it is because the reward is you upgrade the draft pick and the risk is, well, he stays for a year. You you wouldn't be happy with John Grenard for a season? Like we're all talking about how do the Texans replace John Grenard? Yeah, we're looking for John double Grenard digit for another sacks. year. Yeah, we're looking for double digit sacks opposite of Will Anderson. That's what he had last year. If you feel like, and again, because he's on a prove it deal, he may gain twenty three pounds, but he'll come in looking yeah. to do the exact same thing or more to prove that he's worth multiple years at that same value. And here's the um, here's the other the other side of it, I, I suppose, from like a Grenard perspective, he still has to play well. Blah 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 blah. I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? I was going to talk about how oh yeah here's what i was gonna say if nick casario doesn't tag grenard and grenard walks and you don't get better than that third or fourth round pick i think it's a failure like i think that nick it's not a huge failure because again you're talking third or fourth for as opposed to a second and you wouldn't ever know because now there's not draft pick compensation attached to his name but i feel if casario doesn't go this route i feel like he's losing a bit yeah i mean unless you think that the market's going to be such 
for uh, pass rushers that he's going to be. And I just don't see I don't see a scenario where he's going to end up in the top five biggest contracts this offseason if he hits the if he hits the open market. So you're looking at a fourth. Yeah. So it's going to be a fourth. Top five percent. Top five oh, percent. Oh, yeah, it's five percent, not top five. So that that makes it more possible. That's not a word. It makes it may, slightly more possible because he's that he projected be to make more than any running back. Yeah. So, it, oh, yeah. so it's going to be corners. And like you're looking at every rushers. free agent that signs. Like yeah. there's going to be hundreds of those. Right. But I'm saying premier top for that top five percent. Yeah. There's there's some pretty big names: corners, pass rushers, interior <sighs> defensive line. How many free agents do you think sign in an NFL offseason? Three hundred, two hundred. How many free agents sign what in an NFL offseason? Three hundred. Oh, I I think it's between two. 250, 250, right around 250, I think. Let's go 300 because the math's easier. If you go 300 and you go 5%, now you're looking at the top 15 salaries that sign in this free agency period. That's, he's probably on he the might, cusp yeah, of he's that. He's right there. He'd yeah. have a chance to get there. Yep. If, it's, if it's top 200, we, then you're I looking at. We, I think we could come up with 10, 10 names that would probably be paid more than him, but I think yeah. he'd be right there on the verge of, or of the edge of 15. I think we could do it pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like you should. I feel like this is the play. Do you, think, include, do you think you can get a second for Grenard? I, 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 hey, look, it only takes one. I think, I think I, you can I, get a second I, for Grenard. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see that as being an impossibility. Based on what Sweat and Chase Young got, I mean, because I think uh, on one Sweat had uh, a lot of people really liked him. I think in the in the case of Chase Young, I think people think that going forward, Grenard might be able to give you more than what you get out of Chase Young going forward. He certainly so I think produced it's possible. more than Chase Young. Yeah, if you, even if you get a third and a fifth, that's better. You're winning if it's a third and a fifth. Mm-hmm. Seven one, you're winning if it's a third. You no, know, the only time that Texans ever did this before was obviously with Jadavion Clowney, and they, and they got a third plus a couple players. And they didn't intend to trade him. That was whenever the whole, they tagged him. Yeah, well, they well it, that whole situation situation was a cluster. It but was. that was Gain and O'Brien and picking sides. He was they, supposed they to go to, to Miami for Tunsil, yeah. and then he's like, yeah, I don't want to go there. They needed to let him report, sign the deal, and then yeah. trade him for Tunsil, and that cost them obviously a ton of picks. Yeah, I think they would get at least a third, and if it, you can get at least a third, you do it. I think you get a second. Yeah, if you can get a third for him, that'd be fantastic. If you get a second, I think you're winning. Seven, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like if you don't do it, you're losing. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRNP listener line. If Grenard is gone, who's your target? And making mock drafts great again. How are we doing that today? And how are we making the Texans better? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer bees on ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. You know who makes drinks great again? Gentle Ben. I like a good drink, vodka, gin, bourbon, all in that rotation for me. And Gentle Ben Spirits does it all, and they do it better than anyone else. How do they do it? Well, they're revolutionary Perseido technology that eliminates impurities for the cleanest, smoothest spirits you'll ever taste. Purification of Gentle Ben is unrivaled. You'll love what's not in it, including undesirable acids. These acids take the enjoyment out of your drinks. Well, Gentle Ben gets rid of those undesirable acids so you can enjoy. Try a sip of Gentle Ben vodka, gin, straight bourbon, and cast-strength bourbon. Compare it to what you drink, and you will never go back. I've been a Gentle Ben man ever since I had that first sip because you get all the flavor, none of the burn. Smooth, clean, eliminates that burn. Enjoy your drink. Don't work through your drink. Look for Gentle Ben at the liquor store. Ask for it at your favorite restaurant or bar. Head to the Gentle Ben tasting room for a good time out in Alvin. If you're going to a Rockets game soon, stop by Ben's Bar on the way to your seat. And Ben's Bar at Minute May 2, baseball season just around the corner. Or if you just want to order straight online, you can do that too. Head to GentleBen.com right now. You can add all of those uh, spirits to your cart, the vodka, the gin, the bourbon. Uh, add them to your cart. They'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. You can't beat that. Head to GentleBen.com right now. Gentle Ben, period.
Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees with Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We are the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN at 92.5, 6036. If you guys have said you draft the guy you want, uh, next available player on the board, not just the next best available person is the position you need. I think this tag and trade scenario makes a ton of sense to get draft stock and trade around. Love it. That's another thing we didn't bring up. Like, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. It gives you some options, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's something that you can think about as well. If Grenard's not back, who is a defensive end that you want to replace him? Hmm. I... Again, I think that they tipped their hand, and we already said, I don't think that they're going to be top of the market Same. shopping. Yep. So I think that you're going to be looking at guys. I'm intrigued by some of the guys that have already been cap casualties as short-term replacements, kind of like to what you were saying earlier, because I tend to agree with you. The numbers on the jersey are going to change as long as the number in the box scores don't. And I think there's some guys out there that still have plenty left in the tank that could be guys. And Zadarius Smith is a guy I thought about previously, but he didn't have a great year last year. And I think they want to be a little bit better than that, a little younger and a little more talented than that. I, I mean, I'm interested to see all the guys leaving Tampa, but there's a lot of linebackers in there. Yeah, my I, four... I mean, we, we mentioned the name earlier, Bryce Huff from the Jets. Yeah. That's obviously a name that I'd have on my radar. And I also would give a call to Daniel Hunter and see what he wants to do. If, if he's a free agent and he's a little bit older, he might cost a little bit more than you want to spend, but I think it's at least worth having the conversation because he, he still played really well last you year. You don't think he's going to be hovering 20? Uh, the projection that we have on him, yeah, it's exactly twenty three years, sixty million. So See, yeah, I think that's a bit much. But if you're willing, if, I mean, if you're willing to pay the price on uh, on uh, on Grenard's franchise tag, but, again, you'd have to have the. But you're the tagging him to trade it. Yeah, you're not really looking to pay it. Yeah, you're tagging him to get rid of him. So therefore, you're not paying. It. Sure, I, I'm just saying if you're willing to actually. Because if you don't find the deal, then you you would be stuck with that twenty yeah, twenty one million. Yeah, it's the risk. It's the risk you're paying for the reward. Right. I, so I'd be, okay. I'd be willing to have the conversation with Hunter. The third year would probably be my my you know the point that I pass. Breaking but if it's two years, twenty uh, twenty million a year, I would do that. Yeah, I would probably. I'm on the fence on that one, and it's not a great place to be in sports radio because you have to have a hard stance, hard take, be hot about it. Um, I wouldn't do it. But if the Texans signed him on the first day of free agency of that deal, how, how are you not excited about that? Yeah, two so year, I would be two excited. Years, 40 million, I'd be excited. I about wouldn't that. build my team that way. But if the Texans go that route with some money that they have to spend, all right, cool, that's Look, fine by I, me. I think from the the way that they've said that they want to pl- do business to the fr- from the standpoint of the financials, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be jazzed about that. But instantaneously, if you just say John Grenard or Daniel Hunter, I think most people are going to say you're upgrading. I think you're, if you get Hunter. Because the consistency and experience, I think they would think it's an upgrade over Grenard for the two years if you get him for two. Well, let me throw the projection for Bryce Huff at you. See, this is more appetizing for you, Joel. The projection from him from this article that I found was four years, thirty-six million. So you're 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 committing four to years? you're, you're committing no, to more years, but four. it's only nine million per year. I love I love the AAV. I love the, the but I don't love four years. And we yeah. just got done saying we're talking about two-year deals, and threes are going to be probably few and far between, if at all. He is younger. He's only you, twenty-six, and you can get creative with the deal. Like you, it could be a four-year deal. It's really a two-year deal. Right. Sure, like with opt-outs, it's, yeah. it's weird. The, you know, the NFL you can do that you can't do that in baseball or basketball uh so you know it depends on how it's structured like if you structure a four-year deal but the last two years are non-guaranteed that's a two-year deal mm-hmm. it's a two-year deal um i wouldn't be comfortable going more than 
I mean, Huff is younger, so I'd be willing to go like three real years with him. I wouldn't want to go four real years years with him. But you, again, you can structure it four year, but really three real years. Blah 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 blah. Uh, let's make mock drafts great again today. Bucky Brooks. I'm a I'm a fan of Bucky Brooks. I like good old Bucky. He's not very tall though. It's a big Bucky. Bucky Brooks is not very tall. Well, well, he's six one. He's a Bucky. We learned yesterday that every Bucky that exists is is shorter than six foot three. Uh, yesterday's mock draft, we had the option of Guyton, Mims, Morgan Coleman. This was the awful Mel Kuyper mock that made Bad Take Boulevard. Keon Coleman ran away with it. I'm surprised it only got 61% of the vote. I thought it'd get like 80. Uh, but Keon Coleman, you're a Houston Texan. So today, Bucky Brooks, he has uh, Caleb Williams going number one to Chicago, Jaden Daniels number two to Washington, Drake May number three to New England. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Marvin Harrison, Arizona's in a great spot. They can just chill and probably going to get Marvin Harrison. Or even if somebody drafts Harrison at three, like a trade-up or the Patriots pull a fast one on us, okay, they take Rome or they take Malik Neighbors. Like, they're in a fine spot. Yeah, and you saw that Harrison's not working out for anybody. It shouldn't matter. I mean, yeah. everybody's seen enough of that dude to know he might be the best overall player in this draft. And even like, and even if he goes before three, well, Arizona's going to be like, okay, well, they're going to have their pick between Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors. Like, that's, not, that's a fine spot to be. Realistically, they could trade down. They could trade down about six, yep. six or seven, uh, you know, depending on what the Giants, you know, maybe the Giants are trying to move on from Daniel Jones. Maybe that could be a play. Uh, anyways, Joe Alt goes number five. Interesting picks on the way to the Texans. Neighbors to the Giants at six. Odinze goes, goes off the board to seven to Tennessee. Uh, J.J. McCarthy, again, a top 15 pick. He goes 12 to Denver. Uh, Brock Bowers, 16 to Seattle. And now the Houston Texans. With the number 23 pick, he has the Houston Texans selecting Byron Murphy of the Texas Longhorns. Now, Byron Murphy, I think, Brian, ran a 4.88 today, which is an incredible time for a man of his size. And people were thinking this is a top 20 pick. So this might be the last mock draft where we have and Byron we, Murphy as one of these options. we said that a few days we ago, did. that once we he did. got to the combine, like the days of him being available 23 were over. And, yeah, we just hit that. So we'd be cool if Byron Murphy's the pick here. What do you run? Also what do you run, Jeremy? Four eight eight. Guess what? Guess what? I'd try and run four, when four, I got seven. to the podium with his name. A four seven. <laughs> yeah. I ran a four eight in high school. I would be sprinting the to the podium to put that pick in. Going, we good? You We're just good right there. Paul Galan on us to talk about your high school days. No, oh, I'm I was not doing no. that. I was a below average athlete, but uh, I did run a four eight. I, I didn't run a taps five a district MVP or whatever he won all district team. all district. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Byron Murphy's the pick here, but we we would all be you know. Ecstatic, but we're also realistic in that he's not going to be a top 20 pick. Maybe the last mock draft we see with Byron Murphy here. Tyler Guyton's the pick at 24. Offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Pick 25, Cooper DeGene. He goes to the Packers at 25. He seems like a Packer. And then Brian Thomas. He just seems like he'd fit in there. Hmm. Do you not think that? I mean, aren't they kind of racist in Green Bay? <laughs> I was going to say, stereotypically, <laughs> I, say I can see where you're going with yeah. that. I mean, isn't it well fake. known? Like, I'm right about this, aren't I? Oh, it's like, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, like, no it's pretty it. like notorious to Green Bay. Green Bay is a Salt racist town. I had African-American friends that. of mine that would go up to Green Bay and go to the mall, and every time they walked in the mall, people would walk up to them and go, what position do you play on the Packers? Because yeah. that's the way Green Bay so, I mean, yeah, that is what I was putting down. Yeah, that's what I thought. He's still not working out. The Gene? Yeah, he's not going to work out at the combine. Well, he broke something? He, yeah, he's coming off a broken leg with in the la- late in the season for Iowa, and he just recently got cleared to run full speed. So he that. said he's not working out at all. He is going to do a pro day before the draft. That's big, but he's not close. Yeah, that's big. The pro day is going to be big for him then. Huge. If he's if he doesn't like work out in the pro day, or if he puts up some bad times at pro day, yeah, I can see slide. him sliding to like the yep. late first round. Mm-hmm. So the Gene twenty five, and then Brian Thomas, the receiver, LSU goes twenty six. So you can operate with Murphy, Guyton, the Gene, and Thomas here. You're Nick Casario, 
Well, I don't care what you think Nick Castillo is going to do. I want to know what you want to do. I know what I'm doing. I'm sprinting. Yeah. Can, can, we, can we ask the question if yeah. it's not Byron Murphy? Because I think we all would. I think it's unanimous. Sure. One, it's, one, it's unanimous that we would take Byron Murphy. And let's two, do it. it's unanimous that we don't think he's going to be all here. All right. Let's, let's scratch Byron Murphy today. Okay. Because we don't think he's going to be there. Then I don't I don't love. And we're going. Just, it's either. I mean, it's, both, it's 50-50. It's DeGene or Thomas. Okay. Now. So we're not, we're not, I, thought, I, I was going to say, if we, go, if we were going to bump it because he's not in consideration, that we could bump it one more, then it makes it more interesting too, because Kool Aid McKinnon. All right, throw him in there. Dejean Thomas or Kool Aid? I'm going Kool Aid. Really? Yeah, I'm going Kool Aid because I think Dejean's kind of a tweener. He could play safety. There's rumors about him being safety more than a corner. Yeah. Kool Aid McKinstry is going to be your opposite to Stingley uh, immediately, and, and I think that he is he is exactly what the Texans will need if Stevie Nelson walks. I'm actually out on Kool Aid. I don't think he's that good. Um, I'm going to pass up on Kool Aid. So now it's between DeGene and Thomas for me. This broken leg has me a little wondering. Mm-hmm. It has it me a little worried. I, I was going to say DeGene, and then I heard that info. Now worried. I'm leaving Brian Thomas. Hey, give me, give me, I don't want receiver Why are you down so much on Kool-Aid? Um, I've listened to some Daniel Jeremiah podcasts where he was pretty low on him. Hmm. Where he, he, didn't, he, he actually, I think, had him like as a second-round grade. He got tore up a little bit in the SEC. Uh, and then he's the second best corner in Bama. Not that that should matter a whole lot. I, that, that I do. That I have noticed in the past. That I, I Tyrion Arnold was oh. easily the best corner on that team. Uh, I'll go Brian Thomas. I'm going to yeah. go Brian Thomas as well. Like I like DeGene. The leg makes me wonder a little bit. Makes me worry a little bit. And I I'm usually anti receiver here. I don't want a receiver in the first round. But I do kind of like Brian Thomas. And Brian Thomas and Nico and Tank excites me. It's not how I would build my team in a perfect world or handle this draft in a perfect world. But if I had to pick between those three, I'm taking Brian Thomas. I'm more BPA than anything else. Um, and in this case, I think Brian Thomas is the best of the three. Yeah, especially when you have an eye towards what they might do in free agency. If you if you take it, and obviously free agency will come first, but I think you'd have a bit better time trying to find your corner or a corner in free agency for a more affordable price than finding the same level player at wide receiver. I mean, we, we saw the market value the other day, and obviously this guy's about to be tagged. Legeris Need was $14 million per year, whereas uh, Mike Evans was $24 million per year. So I like addressing wide receiver here in the draft. I think that saves you money down the road. I'll stay consistent. Though. Yeah, it's a good point. I'm going defense first round. Kool-Aid. Um, it's a good good call eliminating Byron Murphy because I, I sent out the uh, the poll with Byron Murphy on and he's dominating the vote sixty seven percent. We might have to we might have Should to cherry stri- pick some strike mocks. him off the list from now on. Yeah, let's go that way. It's better than cherry picking mocks because if Mel Kiper like you know big name or Daniel Jeremiah comes out with a mock, I still want to use his mock. Sure. Yeah, let's strike his name and just go next four. That's a good call. Good rule there, Brian. Good house rule with the killer. Beast. We have another rule: the Byron Murphy rule. The Byron Murphy rule. Fits right in line with all the rules we have for big men like Jordan Alvarez. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRMP listener CJ. line. Who? CJ Stroud. Remember we had the CJ rules. Do we? Yeah. No pickup basketball. No oh, competing yeah. for MVPs and celebrity yeah, that's games. Right, we did all those kinds. He of broke things. every single one of them, and then he has bad takes on his all time starting five, and people get mad at us for pointing out his bad takes. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Today is Leap Day. It's February 29th. It is. This happens once every six years. Just kidding. It's once every four years. It's a years. free day. What? You don't get paid for this day. That's not good. If well, I knew that, I wouldn't have come it's in. It's a free day. 
I wouldn't come in if I knew that. What are the rarest things in sports? Like things that happen once every four years or longer. What are the rarest things in sports? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, I'm telling you about the newest and best indoor golf spot that I have seen in the Houston area. It's X-Golf in Katy, and we had the grand opening last weekend. If you weren't able to attend, you really missed out because these simulators are all world. It's like the best sports bar and the best golf simulators meet up in the ultimate place for any golf fan and sports fan. It's fantastic because the food and beverages are great. There's TVs all over the place. But you can do what you want to do on the simulators like you're playing 18 holes outside. Maybe the weather's bad. Maybe you want to play at night. and you can't get Obviously, you can't do it at the golf course. You don't want to treat that as your driving range. Rent out one of the simulators. Get a couple hours on it. You can hit the exact same golf ball you hit on the course. You can work on chipping. The putting is the best I've found at being realistic. And it measures every shot, every distance, every spin, so that you can figure out how you're hitting and you can get better. And you can play up to 50 courses around the world as well if you want to get your guys and truly have a foursome playing golf on a rainy day. It's absolutely fantastic. And the only way you find out for yourself is you get there once. Because if you go once, you'll be there multiple times. It will be your next go-to when it comes to off hours and bad weather golf. And you might go there just to watch games and hang out and watch sports. It is a phenomenal place. Check out X Golf in Katy. What's going on in here? Why, Leap Day William is visiting. Leap Day William? Miss Lemon, did you not grow up with Leap Day William? He lives in the Mariana Trench. He emerges every four years to trade children's tears for candy. What? No. You're listening to The Killer Bees with Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. On ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Broadcasting live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. <laughs> Our text, the hybrid, such smart Alex. Uh, 713-780-3776. What are the rarest things in sports? Say it's leap day once every four years. I guess there's that extra day every four years to circle the sun. That's how it works. I think so. <laughs> I'm a one-trick pony. 713-780-3776-2484. I forget the name, but there's this soccer tournament that happens every four <laughs> years. We're talking more like rarest things in sports. There's also like, this sporting event amongst a bunch of different sports all at one time that uh-huh. happens every four years. That happens every two years. Well, they changed it. That's right. No. I'm going winter, summer. I'm being a little bit of an annoyance. Oh, that, yeah. Because you have the winter and the yeah, summer. Yeah, the yeah. summer is this year. It is. I like, I like the Olympics. Is it Paris? Uh, I don't know. I yeah, it's, it, Paris. It's, Paris. it's Paris. It's Paris. I'm excited for Simone Biles. I'm ready for her to get I, back on the beam. Is she still competing? Mad. Yeah, oh, God, yes. Yeah. She just she won the really national. She just back. won the world championship. Yeah, okay. twisties My are bad. a thing of the past. My bad. I thought we don't know done. that, though. Uh, not in the Olympics, we don't. Right, yeah. not in the Olympics. The world championships, yep. the twisties were gone. She dominated, which I'm, she normally does, but it's going to be a di- We'll see how it relates to the Olympics. Would you take Jonathan Biles back with the Texans? With the Texans? Yeah. Yeah, you can have him. Spud sits once every four years. LeBron James is not a bad word. <laughs> All right. 713-780-3776. He was good last night. What are the rarest things in sports? Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Uh, who knows which Keith this is, but Keith, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. Rarest thing in sports. It's the 25th year anniversary this year. It will never happen again. Fernando Tatis Sr. Ooh. with two, two Grand Slams. In the same minute, right. 25-year anniversary will never happen again. Um, Joe Buck was a big fan of Fernando Tatis. 
Joe Buck was a big He's fan. He's a big fan of Fernando Tatis. Big Cardinals. Um, the two Grand Slams in one inning, I think it's the only time it's ever been done. I believe that's true. So it might be the rarest things in sports because there's been a lot of baseball games. And if that's the only time it's ever been done, I think it is. I would think so. That might be the rarest thing yeah. ever. What do you got? I got a couple of them. Um, a quadruple double in basketball. Akeem. Akeem. Yeah, Akeem. Nate Thurman. I used to know all of these. Akeem, Nate Thurman. I want to say Alvin Robertson was the rare one because he did it. Steals, assists. How many people points? were at the game tonight? Where? Whenever you were watching play. Oh, you're funny. I, I actually did see Alvin Robertson play as a buck. See? <laughs> it wasn't that I long ago. I love that you're offended and then it, it wasn't was that long ago. I did see Alvin Robertson play when I was a kid. How yeah. dare you? How Actually, dare you? Yeah, he played, that. he played great the night that I, I mean, was there. He just loved to do that. But, I mean, I'll admit it when I was when I actually Were did see him play. Were you watching in person? Is it still black and white? or is it No, gray? Brian. Don't pile on. I used to think that was a, when I was a kid. I mean, I've seen Jameer Nelson Jr. play. That made me feel old the other day. The dunk he had the other night was vicious. Yeah, he's, good player. he's a good little player. Uh, um, I, I also put Triple Crown. Triple crown, are you talking about for the horses or the baseball no, for players? Baseball. Yeah, those aren't easy to for do. Baseball. I think Jordan has a chance to win a triple Miggy crown. Miggy was the last one to do it, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. I think Jordan can do it. I think he could too. I think he can he can be the batting champion. He yep. can lead the league in homers. He can lead the league in ribbies. Now batting second, maybe maybe that throws a little bit of RBIs. a wrench into the triple crown. Yeah. Uh and then the last one I said was fi- uh, fifty eight or fifty nine in golf. Okay. Yeah. That happens. Those are pretty rare. I would say that on tour. Because you see it yeah. happen a lot, like on the Corn Ferry, because they're right. playing like at these I'm resort courses. I'm talking about in a legit PGA tournament. Yeah, because Corn Ferries, they play at a lot of the resort courses, and they're firing like 61s yep. routinely, yep. Uh, which is, you know, I wish I had that game. Brian, you have any rare things uh, in sports? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it hasn't actually happened in quite a while, but repeat back-to-back champions in Major League Baseball. I believe, mm-hmm. Right now, was it Yankees? Yankees are the last one to do it. The most recent, so that's what, 98, 99? Yeah, or not, 99, even yeah. not even this millennium. Not even this millennium. Yeah, so, I mean, that's even more rare than a leap year. Uh, also, uh, perfect games. Uh, that, that's that's pretty rare. I think we have, what, like 26 now at this point? Someone Somewhere said cycles, too. But I, didn't, I think cycles are more often. I think yeah, cycles happen at the same time. Happens a lot. I think cycles and no hitters are the same frequency. I think that's right, but it's not cycles and perfect games. I would say uh, triple crowns in tennis and golf to you win mean, all the majors. You mean the grand slams or the grand slams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah which, look, Tiger had a Tiger, tiger slam. Had a tiger slam, but not it technically wasn't all the a grand year. slam. Right? It yeah. Was, yeah, he won. He won four straight majors right. in two different calendar years. Has a golfer ever done that? Like back in the day? I think back in the day there might have been. A, let me. I'm not sure that it's. I happened. think. I think there's been. A Grand Slam in tennis. I think there's been Grand Slams in tennis, and I think there was uh, at least one Grand Slam in golf back uh, in the day. Pitcher, Bobby pitcher. Jones. Well, that's way back in the day. Yeah, Bobby I think Jones, he's the only, I think he's the only one that's done. I it. thought there was one in golf, but I think there were there were. I think there's multiples in tennis. Not, tennis seems like it's easier to for it to happen because when you're dominant, you're overly and dominant. it's one on one. You know, like you you're going. You're not dependent on anyone else, right? Yeah. I think it's easier to happen. I mean, I think it's happened more often than tennis. I think Bobby Jones has an asterisk next to it as well. Something, Why is that? I think it's something to do with the PGA Championship. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know that if a golfer's like done, certainly not in modern history. Um, I would say a few more, like just like uh, award award type uh, rarities. Pitchers winning MVP in Major League Baseball, Verlander and Kershaw have done it, but that doesn't happen a whole lot. And then basically uh, any non-quarterback or running back winning the Heisman. Yeah, nowadays. Yeah, Devonta Smith won it, but there's not a lot of you know non-quarterbacks or running backs. Brandon T, the Astros' immaculate innings where they had two True. in the same exact game. Yeah, like, they're incredibly weird. rare, and they did it twice in the same game. One of the weirdest things ever. Uh, 
Josh from Seabrook, rare in baseball, a perfect cycle. Single, dr- uh, double, triple, and a home run. In order? In order. In order. I always thought the cycle was a little bit overrated. Because if, like, let's say you go single, double, homer, and then you hit another homer. Yeah, if that's you really, more valuable. If you really, and, yes, yes. But if you really cared about the cycle, all right, step on third base, walk to the dugout. It's a triple. Yeah, it is. I always it thought was, the cycle was a little a overrated. You'd be a horrible teammate, but it's true. Maybe it's like an 11-2 game in the ninth. Okay. You know I what guess. I mean? Like, hey, I, I've never had a cycle before. This is the only chance I'm ever going to have. 409, Josh, uh, Dion played two professional games in the same day. Yeah, he did. I remember that. One. 2568, batting 400. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Nope. No. Ted I mean, Williams. Show Brett, Otani. Brett there's, was there's the closest, rare. right? And Tony Gwynn? Uh, Tony Gwynn almost did it in the strike year. Yeah, and Brett, George Brett, I think, Probably. flirted with it one year. Uh, Arise, he didn't flirt with it last year. He, he, just, he was up near 400 into the summer, yeah, but he, it, it yeah, faded got, out by the All-Star break. Really impressive what break. he did. Yeah. I mean, Todd Helton had a year where he carried it for and quite he a while. At Coors. It's tainted. I know, I know. I'm tainted. Just shouldn't be carried. a Hall of Famer. <laughs> should be a Hall of, Coors Field should be a Hall of Famer, not Todd Helton. Kevin Z, didn't Akeem have the, uh, you might remember to answer this, Blankers, didn't he have a quadruple double taken away by the league and then came back and got it the next game? Who? Hakeem. Uh I don't know that. I I, I wasn't around it for that jogged, yet. But, it, it but he did get, he has one. I know that a couple of I know a couple people that have the box score. Uh defensive player winning the Heisman. That's a good call. Have you ever heard of a Condor score? No. It means you get four strokes under par in a hole. Which I mean that would be you ace a par five. That'd be acing a par five. Jeez. What's the uh isn't there that there's that it's at tour eighteen. It's number two at Tour 18, where it's a lo- it's a par five, Over but it's water. around yeah, the water. Go, it's, it's, it like horseshoes uh, around Hill. the water, and you can go. Yeah, Daly's, Daly's tried it. Daly's done it before. He, he actually cleared did it. it. He cleared the water so, at least once. That's the only hole I can think of. That oh, you know who else possible. did it? DeChambeau. DeChambeau cleared it. He did it. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get the score. He didn't get. He didn't. I don't know if he even eagled it, but he did get over the water and won. That's the only thing. That's the only. That's the only hole that I know exists that you could possibly do that. How about, um, man? There's there's been. Only the Bobby Jones Grand Slam in golf, and there's been... And I think his was I think his was an asterisk next to it. I didn't find that, but it just indicated on, on the Grand Slams that he was the one in golf. And then That's in, never in tennis, one, two... Steffi Graf was the last one to do it in 88. Oh, Steffi Agassi? Yep. She was Fact. great. Yep. She was outstanding. I think that the PGA was different back then. Like, the major was different. And it might even have been an amateur. It might not have been the PGA championship with Bobby Jones. I think he won, the, like, the U.S. Amateur... The U.S. Open, the Masters, and the British, maybe? Like, his Grand Slam... I, I, so you're thinking one of the majors break. came around later? I don't think they had the PGA Championship back then. Okay. And I, I know for a while it used to be match play, too. Like, early, early PGA Championship. Huh, I did not know that. I don't think anybody's ever won the modern Grand Slam. Uh, 21 strikeouts in a game. That's 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 rare. I think it could happen again, but that's rare. But I, I you know, again, you got to have a starting pitcher that has the that has the ability to go that deep into a game and have that kind of an arm. You just don't see pitchers with that kind of an arm anymore. Two five six eight. I thought it was called an albatross. That's when you're three under mm-hmm. on a on a hole, not uh, not four under. Uh, rare and golf acing a par six. Okay, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about here. Uh, winning MVP, finals golf? MVP, and defensive player of the year in the same year like Hakeem did. That's really good. Uh, rushing champion winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, that doesn't really happen anymore. All right, rarest things in sports. There you go. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Time now for our car wreck of the day. What are you nominating for the car wreck of the day? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. <laughs> uh-huh. 
You all right? <laughs> My leg is broken. The bone's coming through. This is the car wreck of the day. 9240 says incredibly rare sports feat hitting 400 in high school and being a radio host. Takes a a very special one to be able to do that. Uh, Keith says a 16 beating a one in the NCAA tournament. What are you grinning about over there? Because I've done it. I did it too. I know you did. I'm saying, but you're two for five. How rare is it? You two for five. Hit 452. Yeah, but you play in Wisconsin. That's like playing Little League Baseball here. Okay. <laughs> it is. Baseball's you better in Houston than Wisconsin. Just, it's a fact. You guys got to play, what, three weeks a year? <laughs> we just, we, we'd play in the cold weather, Brian. We wouldn't just call the game. Uh, 16C over 1. UMBC over UVA. That's a good one. Uh, FDU over Purdue. That's a good one. Yep. That is a good one. 713-780-3776. What are we nominating for Car Wreck of the Day? Uh, 8835 says Darren Vell is the car wreck of the day for trashing Caitlin Clark going pro. I saw some of the shrapnel of that. I didn't actually see his tweet, but I saw some people kind of going at him a little bit. I mean, she's obviously going to become the all-time leading scorer and surpass Maravich. Now, it's not fair to say because Pete didn't play. Before he, picked, he, he left early, averaged 40, did a bunch of stuff too. But look, it's a hell of an left early. I think he did. No, I think he only played three years because they didn't. They had JVs back then, and freshmen weren't allowed to play. Either way, he didn't play four years. Yeah, he played. He, they weren't. He couldn't play a freshman. She's going to be the number one overall pick in the WNBA. Most of her money, her NIL money, is going to be national sponsors that carry over, and yeah. she's going to be the all-time league scorer in the history of college basketball. Yeah, I don't understand why she's getting why is she getting killed. Like it's her decision. She should do what she wants for her. And her team isn't as good as it was a year ago. Yeah, this is stupid. Like that's a good that's a good car wreck of the day. Someone and, nominated, and also she can stay. Indiana has the number one pick, so she stays close to home, and that was something that she wanted to do. Oh, the fever. Yeah. I saw that on Twitter. I would have never guessed their name. Fifty ten car wreck of the day is the Chiefs Nation Bank Roberts lawyer. Yeah, that was pretty that's funny. A good one. It is pretty that's funny. Like, hey, that that's, it seemed like a sitcom to me. It, it, well, there should be like a a movie made about it. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And the you, lawyer, the lawyer speech was unbelievable. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like the lawyers, yeah, ridiculous. I thought they talked to the actual guy. What um, what are you nominating? Tyreek Hill is one of them. Why? Because he got. No, you didn't see what didn't happened see the with Tyreek. Well, there's two. There was the, the you know, so he's a he, father again. You know, no, no, no. This is where he <laughs> I saw finds the alleged the, thing. We would yeah. just say Instagram model? Uh, influencer. Influencer. Social media influencer. influencer. Social media influencer. Is this the leg? Yeah. She's a plus sizer a little bit. And they go over to the house and. Allegedly. Allegedly. And they set up like a, because she's a little maybe bigger than he is. They set up a little pseudo football blocking drill where he gets kind of pushed back on his tuchus. She won from her, and he she he gets mad that she pushed him around allegedly. And then she broke. Then he pushes back, goes at her, and she breaks her leg. Texans need allegedly. A left, Texans need a left guard. Uh, McCole Hardman feuding wow. with the Jets, being accused of leaking game plans to opponents. Yeah, that's pretty weird. That's pretty bad. Does Nathaniel Hackett really have game plans though? It's a good point. He didn't do any in Green Bay. Is he really? Didn't, yeah. do any, like, didn't do any in Denver. What did the game plan look like? Like, like a 500 if, page? If, if someone offers you a Nathaniel Hackett game plan, like, no, nah, we don't really need it. Yeah, we're we don't need it. We're all yeah, right. We're Brian, you have, a, you have a nominee? Well, it, mine was also Tyree Kill, okay. but uh, I, I will I will second McCole Hardman as well. I think either of those are worthy winners. Jerry no, no Paul Pogba, France International, Juventus midfielder, banned oh, four, four years. years. Yeah, It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot uh, Jerry time. Jones has to take a paternity test. Oh yeah, that's an old thing. Yeah, but yeah, I saw it up again. The judge and they ordered find it. out if the lady is. I mean, it's probably his. She, who's twenty seven? But there who was has, an agreement back then that there was a payoff, and it's supposed to be over. Who has more kids, Jerry Jones or Tyreek Hill? Sean Kemp, Antonio Cromartie. 
Carl Malone. <laughs> all right, here we go. We're all on the board. <laughs> who's winning? Uh, Tyreek Hill? Yeah. Tyreek Hill. Congratulations, yeah. Tyreek Hill. You're a winner. You're our car wreck of the day. All right. Thanks to everybody for making it happen. Brian, for doing all the hard work. He's Blank. I'm Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Hall of Fame coming up at 7. But coming up next, best hour in sports radio in the city of Houston. Game on. Jerome Solomon, Barry Lamanac, up next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.